Alright folks, welcome back again to the official Bizzlecast commentaries for Hawkeye Season 1. Uh, here with the Bizzle. Of course I had to do these. I promise I'll get to WandaVision uh, very soon. Um, because that along with this Hawkeye series were the two things I've been looking forward to most. Not just Disney+, Plus, which took a while to get their Marvel shows going. Uh, but uh, just in general in the Marvel and comic book world. WandaVision did not disappoint and they are rightfully um, uh, being nominated for everything so far. Um, uh, especially my Lizzie, who I really want to win some awards these year. This, sorry, excuse me, this year for that. Um, and while Haley's subtle performance um, in uh, a show that's not as based around her, it's of course it is Hawkeye. It's, I mean, it's Hawkeye and Kate Bishop, obviously, but it is a Hawkeye show. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of setting up going on. And she's had her major dramatic uh, experiences with two seasons of Dickinson and Arcane, which is going down already as maybe the greatest or one of the greatest anime series of all time. And she's one of the two major voices in that spectacular show on Netflix. Here she gets to be more subtle. I happen to love this uh, more subtle Haley Steinfeld where we get the comedy and the drama and the dramedy in the middle of the whole thing um, and get the full range, especially with another subtle actor like Renner. Um, and so uh, I'm again going to just jump right into the countdown. Um, uh, season 1, Episode 4, Partners, Am I Right? This one begins uh, uh, the only reason I'm talking a minute or two here is this one begins immediately from the last episode with um, uh, well in general I love how each episode begins immediately where the last one ends I always like that in these serialized shows um, but this one begins with the true unleashing of what Haley Steinfeld can do um, where you really have to pay attention to the little things she does with her words and her face and her delivery to the point where she's making Renner laugh uh, I noticed in some screenshots that he was laughing really trying not to laugh at her manic uh, uh, you know blabbering uh, blathering during this whole scene try to tuck her way out with her mom there and just weirdo crazy Jack um, <laughs> witnessing it and uh, I'll look closely here to see if we could see Renner laughing I think the whole time he's trying not to smile which is why he actually goes even deeper into understated mumbly Renner mode uh, just to control himself it's usually the other way around you know the young women getting laughs from the older uh, men or at least you know like uh, Chris Evans and uh, Chris Hemsworth making you know Scarlet laugh and, and so forth um, which is great but it's always great too when you've got the young and uh, making the old veteran laugh um, and uh, you know Renner um, as I've talked about it, and I'll keep talking about Renner knew and recognized Haley's talent and how great this would be being an older actor knowing her stuff um, but also being involved with Marvel and what they could do with young actors and actresses, inserting them with new characters and immediately making them work. Whereas Haley, it's been a whirlwind of tons of shows, music, modeling, all during COVID and so forth, especially the Dickinson commitment, which was just constant filming to get out three seasons in two years, basically. Um, and, uh, you know, it took Haley to sort of sit on it and then do the press tour where they really got to know and like each other a lot. And now they're totally got the brother sister thing going in real life that they, uh, you know, very much established fast in the show. Um, and so um, I I'm actually hoping now that we get more of them going forward. Um, uh, whereas I would have been cool with just one season with the passing of the arrow, so to speak, um, uh, here. Um, but that's for down the road. Okay, shut up, Bizzle. Um, 
I always promise I'm not going to do intros. Um, so season one, episode four, Partners Am I Right? Great opening scene. Uh, get your Disney Plus to zero uh, hours, zero minutes, zero seconds. I'm going to count from three to two to one. I'm going to say go. You're going to hit play. I'm going to count from one to ten along with the first ten seconds of it. Um, also for myself because I'm aligning watching on the big screen while listening and recording on my Mac. Um, uh, but more so so that uh, you folks and I and all of us are aligned together as as I said, the Empress Haley Steinfeld, ruler of the world, uh, but the man behind the scenes, m- making these young women from Elizabeth Olsen in Ultron and all the Avengers movies following that, um, and now Haley, uh, who is already a superstar, but uh, I think this was, you know, so the move she needed to let the whole world know who she was, how great she is already at 25 freaking years old, I guess 24 when she filmed this, um, and, uh, you know, um, just fully establish herself as the, you know, the front runner for all actors, men and women in their 20s, in my opinion. Um, and I'll continue to praise her and I'll continue to praise Renner. Um, but I also get a chance to praise uh, the actor who plays Jack, uh, Farrah Farmiga as mom, um, and uh, all the great side characters. Um, and this is, of course, at the very end, the introduction of Yelena Romanoff, misguided, um, but wonderful from the Black Widow movie as Natasha's sister getting revenge on exactly the wrong person for very much the wrong reason. So, queue up to 0000. I'm about to be in the countdown. Uh, make sure to go to the bathroom. Uh, I think this is one of the shorter episodes, uh, just like three. Um, each one is getting better. Um, they've had released five of six as of now, um, and uh, really each episode has gotten better from the previous one. Um, and it's not because they step up the action or they're longer, um, but uh, I mean, this one's only about 30 minutes or so, 33 minutes. But just you could see the actors getting more comfortable and the writers getting into a groove. Um, and so get yourself ready. And we're about to count in to Hawkeye Season 1, Episode 4, Partners. Am I right? Am I right? Um, and uh, yeah, this is going to be a fun one. So, all right, here we go. All right, let's do this. Three, two, one, and hit play. One, two, three, four. Sorry, Santa. Five, six. Seven, previously on, eight, nine, go. Now here's the heartbreaking scene where she really sees how great of a guy he is, especially with, or at least with his family. Maya, the introduction of Echo, uh, currently a, a bad guy, but she's just being manipulated, as we'll see. And she'll, she'll be, uh, I think, mostly a good guy or at least a Jessica Jones-level tormented good guy by the time she gets her own series. Here's Jack. Um, I was right about one thing and wrong about the other. I was right that the, it was a misdirect with Jack. It was just too obvious with his accent and his seeming evilness. Uh, it was just too obvious that he, w- that he would be the bad guy, uh, and clearly that he wasn't, or at least was being used. Um, I did not guess that Vera Farmiga, the obvious that mom would be the bad guy, um, I guess I didn't want to believe it, but Vera Farmiga ends up being a dark character in most of her performance as well. She ends up being dark um, and manipulative uh, to a high degree with Clooney and up in the air. Um, She ends up making some tough choices, even against her boss with Jake Gyllenhaal um, in uh, Source Code, uh, and she gets very manipulated by Matt Damon in particular, 
um, with the really bizarre love triangle triangle of her, Leo, and Damon, uh, and everything going on in that crazy movie, The Departed by Scorsese. What a great movie. What a great performance. So I, I did mention that she was awesome to cast as morally ambiguous um, but before the season started, so I'm not totally surprised. Um, but as I've learned and talked about, oh, here's Jack, that in the comics, Jack actually becomes mentor uh, to to Kate Bishop and they have, they do have such phenomenal rapport with one another. Um, oh my God. You're Archer. You're Archer. Hawkeye. Yeah. The branding. She's, she's still on the branding. He's so happy. And so now when you rewatch these episodes with Jack, it's, it's all completely real. His admiration for, uh, uh, troubled, uh, but you know, like he really has admiration and affection. Okay, this is great. We're going to case together. How terrific, right? He's immediately thinking this is great. When you first watch it, you think it's because it's great friends slash partners. I wouldn't describe us as friends. Look at Renner. He's. I, I thought he was kind of half smiling to be polite. This is a great delivery. Ten minutes ago. Any thoughts, Kate? She's so good for me. If uh, Vera, you never get anything out of him. CB1. <laughs> Trouble opening up. Nobody calls me CB1. Let's try that for a second. Um, Haley knows how to do that, that, that like hippie hipster thing. <laughs> Generally pretty chill. She's being burned. Oh my god, that guy. Definitely not chill. He's trying not to laugh. I thought it was because he was being polite. By the way, thank you. For saving the world. It seems like such a dick, but he's totally honest coming from Jack. And, and it turns out that because he's good-looking and seemingly sketchy, it's in foreign is exactly the person that Vera Farmiga would use as a front for what she's doing. Avengers-level event. She just wants to make sure that it's not her with the kingpin. You are working together. Yes, he has to admit it. Yeah, she smiles. That's all she wanted to hear. Friends slash partners. Look at mom. This is where Vera Farmiga... This is actually where I also suspected Jack was maybe really not a bad guy because it seems so genuine that he was into what's going on and uh, and he was also having hero worship. Let's put it this way. Jack is closer to uh, to Kate's hero worship. He keeps looking at Hawkeye. He's not even looking at Kate. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and so now everything's just lovable about Jack, and he's going to do a dance with Mom in a minute, where even Kate starts to be like, oh, this guy's sweet. And of course, it's all Vera Farmiga's, uh, Mrs. Bishop's character uh, manipulating. So, so here she gives not a threat, but sort of a warning to stay away from Kate, and he can totally relate about keeping kids safe. Tasha Romanoff, right, she knows. It's it's a little almost giving away that she would talk so openly about it. Um, again, great double, triple uh, man, uh, manipulations or whatever you want to call it. Um, Multi-layered manipulations where she's trying to warn him away because she wants to protect her daughter, but it's really because she's scared of being found out with the kingpin. It's going to turn out that he only is going to care about the kingpin because of Yelena. Um, I'm sorry, because of Maya and because of the, you know the Ronin and you know him being framed for things the Ronin never did for all the bad things he did. Blah blah blah. But it's not an Avengers level event. It's a Defenders level event. And it'll be very interesting to see if they sort of promote quote unquote uh, uh, Wilson Fisk 
to something that the Avengers would have to take care of. Uh, there's his bow that folds. Amazing. Everything folds up. Can you run slow? Is he already... Oh, no, Laura. Right. So he can't... He has to at least take a little break from uh, uh, working with Kate after that little bit there. And uh, again, if you watch closely, it seems like he's half smiling to be polite in front of the family or whatever, the mother and the boyfriend. But it's really because he's trying not to laugh at, at Haley Steinfeld. This is one of the great... I'm just trying it out, okay? CB1. Oh, man. Yes, more Linda Cardellini. As I said in the first episode, because I'd only seen a few episodes at that point, I was like, I, I guarantee they want to get as much Linda Cardellini as possible, even though they can't get these two together logistically in the filming. And in fact, they try and have an extended phone call almost every single episode that gets increasingly um, emotional and increasingly sweet and intense. You just totally believe that they're talking on the phone. I kind of hope that they, that they are. I, I don't know. Usually they're not in these situations. I've been wondering. Oh, they're speaking, she's speaking German, and this is great that she's, it's dad, right? It's great because, you know, she's not just the homemaker that's, you know, in the middle of nowhere with the kids, I guess, homeschooling them, uh, but that she actually helps him out with computer research, and, you know, she's, I, I fully support your avenging and so forth, and uh, asking about the twins in Ultron, but, you know, here... She continually supports him, and she is never angry or judgmental at the bad things he did. Um, put your feet up. Yeah, ice them. I love you. They keep saying, I love you. I miss you. Yeah. They're so great. He's so great with families. It's awesome. And they're still showing Linda Cardellini. She's so beautiful. <laughs> She's exactly what you expected. The older, uh, even more beautiful, mature Linda Cardellini was going to look like as a semi-kid, obviously, you know, Linda Cardellini was, I think, out of high school when playing a high school girl um, in, uh, in Freaks and Geeks, but not by a lot. Kate's always been confident. Right. It's talking right in front of them. There's Pizza Dog. They're totally okay with Pizza Dog. <laughs> yep. It's, you know, this is all going to be important, too, that Kate is going to be way off um, about judgment of both Jack and her mom, um, because they have to keep humbling her to not just make her perfect. And she's totally right on about who Hawkeye is, that he needs her, that they'll be great together, and that he's a good guy, um, and that he would never do something like kill Natasha and so forth. It, her, her, like almost everyone she meets in this, her radar is completely on, including that the jumpsuit guys aren't so horrible and blah, blah, blah. But her radar's way off here. Um, but because of the trauma of losing the dad, the Battle of New York, Jack who came out of nowhere. Um, but it turns out Jack who came out of nowhere came out of nowhere because Eleanor was stepping up her next level of horribleness, I suppose we're going to see with the uh, with the kingpin um, and needed a, a front man, so, you know? Yeah. The Cardellini's had a few more roles than I expected. Good for her. 68 credits. How old is she? She's, okay, 1975, so older than me. So in Freaks and Geeks, this is really sweet, this scene. This is so hard to pull off and not be cheesy. It's almost impossible not to believe that this... Uh, uh, Let's, like, she's, she is at some level in love with this guy. She had to find someone that she could at least lie about being in love with. He is truly in love with her. And even Kate, throughout the scene, is smiling more and more and more. Um, and she actually stops suspecting Jack 
as we are um, until she meets up again with Hawkeye and he has evidence that it's him. That was, of course, you know, uh, let's put it this way. I don't think Eleanor wanted to immediately get Jack thrown in jail and, uh, as a, a, a distraction from her already. But because of her you know, working with an Avenger and, and, you know, being now a threat to, to her, her daughter being a threat to her, she had to escalate it. Um, and immediately released information that she knew Kate and Hawkeye would get and therefore give to her, quote-unquote, give back to her, and get him sent to jail. Um, And, uh, you know, I had heard, because I'd heard the Kingpin reveal and the picture of her and Kingpin before I saw episode 5, and so I knew when Jack got arrested, when I watched episode 5 already, that he he was indeed being framed. But even when you're watching it, you're going, this guy's clearly not guilty. He's just a goof who's way over his head and has no idea what's going on. Risk, Yahtzee, horrible board games. Oh, interesting. Boy Meets World. Oh, so Cardellini was in a bunch before Freaks and Geeks. Right, Freaks and Geeks was 99, 2000. So she was 24, 25 um, when that happened. Oh my God, Linda Cardellini, 46 years old? Unbelievable. I guess it works because Renner just hit 50. Um, They both look much younger (laughs) and fitter, obviously, and better looking than their their age would maybe show. Uh, Although Renner, without the makeup behind the scenes, does look a little tired and aging. But as soon as he gets back into this Avenger role or any of his sort of action or suspense roles that he does, this is so good. This is great. After he says, Mom, she's not going to involve her again, and he has been resisting her as a partner slash friend, she she basically is coming in now as just friends. Oh, let's hold off on the partner talk for a while. This is me saving the holidays. Yeah, they had that clip uh, going in the... Uh, God, but and here's the thing. Just like they have acne on uh, Edge of 17, Haley Steinfeld, throughout you know, all of Edge of 17. You look at him. She's, he's so smiley. And after some chips and maybe a couple drinks and some movies, he's going to finally reveal about Natasha, which is key in terms of their bonding, in terms of her not giving up on him when he tells her to go away, and in terms of immediately not believing for a second what Elena is trying to sell about killing. All right. He, yep. it's just, if they thought a little bit about this, it would seem too coincidental that he got this information about Jack right after uh, mom met him and was like, oh no, uh, uh, if I don't do something quick, my daughter who's now working with an Avenger who has God knows what information and connections is going to find out about me. It's really brilliant, the scheme um, in tricking both of these two. I am. I gotta watch closely when we do episode five. Oh, this is great. Okay, so this is the partner stuff. So he is going to try and keep her out of danger, as we'll see at the end of this. But being friends and talking about the situation, because other than his wife, who's in another place and doing research for him, he does need someone to go over the logistics with. He's wearing ugly Christmas sweater. She's wearing ugly Christmas sweater. But I, I'm glad they give Haley nice curly hair. I sometimes criticize like the CW and, and stuff for like giving you know Laura Lance and, and Supergirl gorgeous hair all the time, even when they're fighting crime. It's just too over the top. 
But, you know, I was about to say, like, in Edge of Seventeen, they cover her face in acne. You know, Haley Steinfeld, she's beautiful. And Emily Dickinson, she's wearing these old, raggedy, you know, flax clothing or whatever the shit they made w- women wear uh, in, in the 1800s and so forth, you know? And she's, and she's kind of ruffled and, and uh, ruffled up and, and uh, you know, just kind of out of it, being Emily Dickinson having a lot on her mind. And here, because they keep the cuts on her face, you know, she con- it continues being regular girl. She's also, as, as a mixed-race person with some, some Asian blood and a little uh, African-American blood in her um, background, she at times can pose as if she ha- is quite tan and darker. Um, I don't think they... Um, sorry, guys. This, again, this isn't me objectifying. This is just going behind the scenes. And just as I talk about to, to uglify, to, to ugly up beautiful actresses, both from the actress's standpoint and the makeup and production department is so hard. It's like Jen Erso. You can tell Felicity Jones is gorgeous in Rogue One, but they constantly are doing everything possible with her clothes and her hair and her face to, you know, somewhat try and hide that she's not a supermodel. Haley's not a supermodel. She is a model, and she is beautiful. Um, but they certainly go out of their way uh, continually in these roles to make her look like the every girl, regular girl. And Haley embraces it because that's who she wants to be. Even when she's a superhero, Emily Dickinson, she wants to be relatable. This is fun. They're trying to play a stupid little game, and uh, she masters the coin thing after a few of these. Oh, yeah. So anyways, back to Linda Cardellini, who's <laughs> gorgeous and amazing. So yeah, she was already 24 when they filmed Freaks and Geeks. Older, I believe, than Seth Rogen and company. Who really were getting their first roles there. That was crazy. She's got ripped jeans, ugly sweater. Yeah. Her hair looks very normal here. It looks particularly Jennifer Lawrence-y, uh, wavy, cool when she's doing the bow and arrow stuff in the previous episode, which is why they took a lot of stills from that. Because seeing her, you know, gritting her teeth, almost crying uh, with passion, with the fight and trying to stay alive, uh, but then, you know, with the hair flowing in the wind, uh, there's the Haley smile, shy, cute thing with her eyes, you know. I, I know male nerds, you know, just like, you know, a lot of nerds taking a while to warm up to Renner. Uh, a lot of male nerds probably didn't know what to make of Haley Steinfeld, only knowing her probably from Bumblebee at most um, coming into this. And, you know, now they love Yelena. You know, Yelena's easy to love. We saw her in Black Widow. She's hilarious doing the, the accent. Haley's, of course, as the main character, asked to carry both the comedic and the dramatic load that anyone can see who's watching this. And Renner would be the first one to say that that was the right call. Here's Natasha. He's very um, open. He's not drunk, too, which I like. And it's important we got this, and important, and, and you know, I think the scene, you know, Renner always wins over the anti-Renner people uh, with something. It, it was it, the final uh, Avengers movie, Endgame, he did it, if there was any doubt in someone's mind. And here he's going to do it next episode with t- talking to dead Natasha at the Avengers uh, uh, monument. Battle of New York monuments. I really need to talk to you, Natasha thing that broke everyone's heart, including the actresses and Florence Pugh, who plays Yelena uh, Romanoff. Um, uh, right. Uh, classic Christmas movies. I wonder if there's also a slight nod to the black and white WandaVision stuff. Oh, God, I can't wait for Wanda. And, and, and Kate, I haven't even talked about, yeah, half the world, right? Ashification. I don't think she... 
It must have been devastating. Right. I don't think she was Ashified. I don't think we get the... We know Yelena is. The great opening of the post-Black Widow, Yelena, in the next episode, that Yelena was Ashified and woke up five years later in the same place. Um, Ronan, he admits it here. Yeah, he was totally okay admitting the Natasha thing to her. But the Ronan thing, he's really... Because now he is starting to feel like she's a daughter slash younger sister and feeling horrible about it. And, and that's what's great about this show is that, you know, you want him to feel a little guilt for what he did as the Ronin because there's really no excuse for killing, you know, he probably killed some murderers. He probably also just killed some scum who didn't deserve to die, who maybe deserved to go to jail. Uh, but, right, I was a weapon. Right, and this is this is like Natasha d during the Winter Soldier, where she starts being like, all these years I've been working for people who want to do the opposite of what I'm trying to do. I thought I was working for the good guys, and now I don't know. You might be in the wrong business, Romanoff, uh, says Cap, uh, Winter Soldier, and, and now Renner's dealing with it. I like that he feels even guiltier than he probably should about the Ronin stage because of his family and now because of Kate, and I like that he feels because of that, he's looking back on his Avengers years, really his S.H.I.E.L.D. years pre the Avengers, when him and Natasha were on covert missions, because we've had Natasha have to deal with the fallout of working for Hydra, thinking she's working for S.H.I.E.L.D. and Winter Soldier, and a little bit in Civil War and so forth. We've never had Renner, um, uh, because even though Renner was on Team Cap, um, and, you know, thrown in jail, and then was on the run, and blah, 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 and then left the Avengers, and then his family was Ashified, um, and so forth. Uh, we've never had Renner, um, I'm sorry, we've never had Clint Barton talk about or have to deal with the fact that he was doing the same, that he was killing people and going on missions for S.H.I.E.L.D. that really was, um, you know, Hydra. But even if it wasn't Hydra and it had been just S.H.I.E.L.D., it was still morally questionable stuff. Here it is. This was the scene. Right. So this was right before they were Ashified. Now he's thrown and killing people. Oh, we get to see Scarlet. I for I keep forgetting this. We f get to see Scarlett Johansson. One of a million reasons they had to settle the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit before this show was because we knew Elena was going to be in it. We knew everyone loved Scarlet. We knew they are good friends in real life, as in the movies. Renner and Scarlet are are very close in real life, uh, as their characters are in the movies, which is why you buy it so fully and completely. Morning, morning. Um, and, but now Kevin Feige is even you know Feige, uh, you know. Even though Feige technically works for the head of Disney, who was the one who caused the whole Scarlet uh, withholding her money situation from her uh, from, uh, from the start, Feige, who technically works for him, up oh, there's a menorah. That's great. You know, you gotta got a little nod to the Jewish folks. Not just Christmas is awesome. You know, we don't mind. We might make fun of Christmas as Jewish people, but as long as you just acknowledge that there's Hanukkah around the same time and that we're all celebrating holidays, it's fine. We can deal with the lights and the songs and the bad movies and the ugly sweaters here are the larpers here are the larpers this is great this is when right kate gets to know the larpers here she is in her big coat her legolas lord of the rings bow and pizza dog oh this is so fun she's already starting to like these nerds 
And this, by the way, is an exact reflection of Haley Steinfeld in real life, who before Bumblebee had never gone to Comic-Con, knew very little about nerd culture, admittedly was not a nerd herself, not because she was anti-nerd, but, you know, being an actress growing up and having lots of artistic interests, she just never, you know, it never got into this particular thing, but it, 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 she ended up loving Comic-Con and the amazing reception she got with Bumblebee at the, at the Comic-Con before Bumblebee was released a few years ago. She ended up staying longer at the convention because she wanted to experience it, and since then, she's done Spider-Verse 1, she's working on Spider-Verse 2, she's done, uh, you know, the hit, the super critically acclaimed uh, Arcane League of Legends anime on Netflix, and now she's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So other than Dickinson, it's all of these nerd properties and she's absolutely loving it. Uh, yeah, we have to talk about, other than Josh Brolin, who was Thanos in his cable uh, and the Deadpool X-Men movies, now the uh, the only other one uh, that's in, playing two roles in the extended Marvel world is, uh, is Kate. Oh, here we go. Here's the talk that Clint has. I, I mentioned the last one with, uh, with Kazi. Um, where he realizes Kazi's not horrible, and Kazi realizes that, has already realized that Clint is not horrible. And they're going to have a little to talk to... All right, a little, a little heart to heart here. Right, we're in the situation to bed. Anyways, Haley's now, you know, for the foreseeable future in the Spider Verse movies, voicing um, a Spider Girl, um, who I'm forgetting right now. It's not MJ. Who is it? The other Spider Man girlfriend. Whatever. Who cares? Main voice in Spider Verse and uh, Spider Spider Girl and uh, and Kate Bishop. Luckily, that's a cartoon, and she's voicing it, and it's, you know, Spider-Verse is technically still with Sony and hasn't crossed over, but now with Sp Spider-Man literally explore exploring the multiverse and the movie that just came out, um, No Way Home, with Doctor Strange, and it's clear they're trying to connect the two. They must have extended, you know, there was a threat a couple of years ago before Tom Holland himself literally intervened. There was a threat that Sony was going to try and take back Spider-Man from Marvel, as we all thought would happen once Marvel made Spider-Man good again and popular with Tom Holland and their production quality control. So Sony was then going to try and take it back. Um, and Tom Holland had to step in and, uh, you know, the, the, the kid had to act like the adults and set the, the adults straight, the kids, um, uh, down at the table and set them set them right. I'm sure it wasn't Kevin Feige he was having to set right. It was Amy, what's her name, and, and the Sony team. Luckily they did. But I think since then, uh, especially with what's the disaster of the film industry, Disney's increased uh, dominance uh, in market share, uh, what's gone on with COVID and blah, 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 blah. It's really in Sony's best interest to keep doing these projects with Marvel. Yeah, what do you think? He's not going to give it back, of course. Um, to, to, so, you know, <laughs> he just chucks it. I totally missed out the last time. That's hilarious. Um, so, you know, I mean, let's put it this way because the spider verse has been, uh, so, uh, Oh, nice. Oh, they're trying on the costumes, right? As I was going to say was, you know, her immediately liking the LARPers and, and joining their nerdiness, it completely reflects how quickly the nerds embraced Haley and how quickly Haley embraced the nerds, starting with Bumblebee and leading to her acceptance of a huge long-term major role in the MCU. And because, again, uh, because she's so much more subtle, 
than most of the female actresses uh, from Wanda to to uh, Natasha that we've gotten so far with Kate Bishop. It uh, might take a little bit longer for some of the nerd boys to warm up to her. N- not because she's not good, but just because, you know, Haley just gets better and better the more you watch her and, and realize how brilliant it is what she's doing. Look at her. Just the way she gets is so in on these scenes. And when you see her off camera, Lorena's like this too, but when you see her off camera, she's constantly laughing with and hugging not only the other actors, but like the production folks and so forth. Not stage of play. We're a guild. <laughs> Yeah, yep. Rolex wasn't destroyed. Avengers compound transmitter. Oh, yep. There's Lindsay Weir doing some detective work. Yeah, yeah. So it was having the LARPers serves numerous purposes. One, you have more fanboys and fangirls for them, but they're, a lot of them are in the security profession, so they know how to keep secrets, but you also get them designing the costume, but you also get, you know, the African-American fellow here, who I really should know his name, um, but the, the sort of minor characters, I don't know all of them. Um, I apologize. I'll, I'll get him here. I'll get him here. Um, who's going to put, put uh, Clint Barton up later at his place. Um, Clayton English as Grills. That's who it is. Excuse me, Grills. Right. Yeah. Here we go. This is it. And what's great about this is this is the classic. They almost die. He starts to feel bad, both because she's a kid and he's reminded of his kids, and he doesn't want another Natasha Romanoff who dies on his behalf, especially at her age. Um, uh, it, it's not sacrificing for the sake of the universe with, for an Infinity Stone or whatever, an Orange Rock, as he calls it later. Um, but it's the classic getaway. I don't want you, and I'm doing this alone. But unlike the CW, where it's this constant thing, or even Matt Murdock on Daredevil of like, you know, this Catholic guilt thing of uh, I'm responsible for everything. It's all on me. I'm not going to accept help, blah, blah, blah. Oh, there she goes. She's already going into business. <laughs> She's picking up some of his tricks, some of his, uh, uh, but of course, stopping traffic in her costume. Totally, totally uh, not suspicious, Kate. Yeah. Oh, they got the Bluetooth going. You know she's an Avenger when they got the Bluetooth. <laughs> um, but because it's only six episodes, and because of the Elena thing, and this was already the fourth episode, you knew even when you saw the end of this episode that it wasn't going to be long before she got back into it. Because there was no way she was going to let a little angriness on his part stop her. Because she knows about how, how guilt-ridden um, and responsible he feels, both for Natasha, which wasn't his fault, and this family, which, you know... It wasn't his fault because he thought they were dead, and so he wasn't risking anything with them. Taking the elevator. Oh, here's here's where she's like, yeah, right. She's talking the Bluetooth. She's carrying the costume, or whatever's in there. Can I tell you a secret? This is just for Barton's sake. I was talking to an Avenger. Ah! Yeah, she's over the. This is cool with the Avenger, but she just wants to impress this old man who, of course, isn't gonna believe her. She's just doing it. It's like she's feeling so comfortable with Clint Barton at this point that he, she can fuck with them, which is exactly when you know you have a good friendship, when you can lovingly... I say this about relationships, romantic relationships, but also good friendships. You have to be able to lovingly tease and make fun of one another uh, um, in ways that are actually full of affection. Oh, here we go. Okay, I'm at the door. Great action scene to end this. 
you know, people got angry at Pew for, quote-unquote, spoiling that she was in this episode, but it was like a day or two, I think, afterwards. I mean, if you're a fan, let's put it this way, if, you, if you're if you someone of a level of a fan of Marvel stuff, uh, that you'd be upset, quote-unquote, about being spoiled, quote-unquote, by uh, Florence Pugh about her own character being in this, then you're not really a fan because it was like not even kept secret that she was in the filming. Like We knew going back to the Black Widow movie that she was going to be in Hawkeye. Because if you saw the trailer, if you saw, I'm sorry, if you saw the teaser at the end of fucking Black Widow, it's literally Julia Louis-Dreyfus showing the picture of Clint Barton to Yelena saying, this is the guy who killed your sister. Still unclear, by the way. So there has to be a connection between, um, I think, between the Kingpin and and, uh, and Val, played by Julia Louis, which I still can't believe we have Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I mean, that's the thing. I've been so stoked to get Haley Steinfeld in and, and continue to have uh, Lizzie uh, promoted and, and, you know, ensconced in all of this. But even with Haley coming in, Seeing Julia Louis-Fucking-Dreyfus, arguably the funniest woman in the history of history, and one of the funniest comedians, period, on television ever, uh, to have her come in as a bad guy and play sort of like the evil older Elaine, essentially. Smarter, evil older Elaine is great. Yeah, so this must be Elena, I would assume. Yep. Um. Anyways, so if if... if if Val is trying to use Yelena to go uh, to take out Clint, or at least cause conflict between them, uh oh, uh, this is nice. I'm hearing her. She's so good at playing scared, but then getting brave. Oof, she just got decked. But Maya immediately up. Right. So if Maya's here, then she's going. You're, and you, it's great that we stay with with Kate here because right, we're going. If it's not Maya on the roof, yeah, it's interesting that Yelena is wearing the like ghost, uh, the Starcraft ghosts secret ops thing. Um, I guess it makes sense she would want to disguise herself because Clint would know who it was. Does Clint see her face? Because it seems like he doesn't know until the next episode. Uh, when she goes to Kate's apartment in that in the awesome scene, I can't wait to do. Whoop. Um. God, there's so much going on. Sorry if I'm babbling, going all over the place. This is a great gag that you should see coming a mile away. That you think Hawkeye of all people would be able for this to work, but there's a reason this doesn't work. There's two reasons this doesn't work, even with the great Hawkeye. One, he's in the midst of fighting a Black Widow assassin. But two, he's used to having his bow, which is super, um, like, polymer slick. Uh, and she's still using, like, an old wooden bow. And so the, fr- the friction on the bow, I know this is, like, sciencing something ridiculous in Hawkeye, but it would make sense that he would be, be uh, you know, aiming it for someone who has a, 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 a polymer, um, you know, slick uh, material bow and, and not old school. Okay, so there goes the gun. She's sliding on the ground. She's now trying to fight Elena. Maya's also getting involved. This is a great, this is very Daredevil three-way fights. They smartly don't try and do the long shot here and just go for um, realistic looking fights. Right. Once you see the lightning, even though it's red as opposed to Natasha's kind of blue-white lightning gloves, you you know. But anyways, if you're a nerd and didn't know that Florence Pugh was in this as, uh, oh, right. And this is, of course, an exact mirror 
of him trying to stop Natasha as they compete to die and not let the other one die in um yep in Endgame and he's going I'm not gonna let this happen again not with this girl not for these relatively low stakes and something so personal I think Haley just being so physical, and she's a big, huge, phys- I mean, her dad's a physical fitness trainer in real life, full time, so she's a fitness hound, and if you see her, like, you know, she does pose ridiculously with, uh, you know, as I said, with like lingerie and bikinis and stuff, she's got a bikini deal, um, but she's got huge guns, like, she works out like a motherfucker, and so, you know, whether you love Haley's personality right off the bat or not is one thing. Maya's already getting confused about this three-way fight. As I was saying, this is a very Defenders thing with the three-way fight. She's straight up shooting arrows into this this woman now. That's the first time she really just pierced someone. Um, he knows this is a Black Widow assassin with the fighting skills. There's Yelena. Oh, she shocks him before he looks at her. She's falling down. She looks at Kate Bishop. She's pretending like she's going to shoot it. She says no. Right. Doesn't want to deal with it now. She can get Hawkeye later. Doesn't want Kate to get killed. And doesn't want to potentially get killed by this young girl. Right. And here's the getaway. This this guy, this is where the, he says, you know, this guy really, real, real fast or whatever he says. Very Avengers line. You're not my partner. Right. Right. You never were. This is just to hurt her, and, and this is, again, to protect her. Someone's hired a Black Widow assassin. This has gotten very real very quickly. God, he's great at delivering this stuff. I mean, it's so Hollywood, but, like, these two actors are Hollywood, as I say, in the best ways possible. You can give them these Hollywood lines. This got very real very quickly, but because of their subtlety and, and believability of their emotion and their relationship... Yeah, he briefly hurts her, and he look at him. He's crying. This is such a great performance. How can you not love Renner? Go home. Does he take her bow away, or is he taking his bow? It's over. Right. She leaves here, and there's like a brief minute where she cries to mom in the next episode, and so forth. Oh man, so good, so good. Oh, they keep getting better and better, and the next one's even better. There's no doubt that Florence Pugh was going to take this to the next level, and there was no doubt that it was going to geek out the fans who maybe, again, didn't know much, especially the fanboys. The fangirls definitely know Haley Steinfeld. They fucking love her. That's part of the whole reason of Kevin Feige's genius. I mean, the main reason is because she's going to continue being the best actress and increasingly the most famous um, and decorated a la Meryl Streep, um, you know, and so forth going forward for many decades, in my opinion. Um, but the other reason is because of just how popular she she is among the every girl regular girl not just nerd girls um but like you know the girls who have been following her for edge of 17 and dickinson who are now watching marvel for the first time to see her as kate bishop and love her because Haley's involved so he's bringing a huge new audience the same way ray and ahsoka brought young girls and young women who might have not been into star wars or nerd things and all brought them into star wars that's what Haley steinfeld's doing everyone loves elizabeth olsen and that certainly helped just her being young and appealing and an Olsen sister and so forth um but Haley's the one you know i mean her most famous song is called most girls um uh, her most famous pop song today is called most girls which is you know you think it's like most girls are bitchy you know most girls are this that no it's it, like the song is all about how most girls are actually great and are just struggling to you know be you know 
be cool or, 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 or fit in. You know, most girls are awesome. Like, that's totally the Heli Steinfeld message. She's so positive. She's so upbeat. She brings in that new audience. And but anyways, as I was saying, we knew that this whole thing of him, uh, you know, dry, trying to drive her away by being mean to, to her um, uh, wasn't going to work. And it didn't help that he told her that how high the stakes are is, of course, going to just make her want to come back even more. Part of it's the stubbornness of, you know, being told no. And so her mind saying yes, um, especially with her hero, uh, Hawkeye. But that, you know, when he says it's Black Widow Assassins, it's got very real, very fast, you know, it's, well, you know, her having the superhero complex. This is what's great, though, is, you know, Kate has an uh, has delusions of grandeur uh, of being a superhero and having a superhero complex of saving the world but it's not driven at by catholic guilt or or, or you know um uh, mental illness or so forth as we see with so many tormented male superheroes in particular in DC and Marvel. It's just driven by the Spider-Man thing. It's just driven by, I have the ability to help people. And so therefore, um, and I have these great idols that I look up to with the Avengers and I have an experience with them. And so there's no way I'm going to stop trying to help people because I really want to help people. And that's why, and I keep not talking about this, even though I've said this in a million podcasts that well, I think the other main reason I'll let you guys go, I'm going to take a break and then do episode five, um, uh, which is um, the other reason to bring in Haley, uh, specifically as the next Captain America, I think, essentially, um, a ground-level superhero who probably, or at least maybe, will be the leader or one of the leader of the Avengers, who just has a good, pure heart. Not that she's flawless, obviously, as we see, um, but that her heart is pure, um, in a way even far beyond um, Clint Barton um, and Natasha, who were very tormented by what they went through in the past, and she learned from their mistakes, but also looking up to them and learn from their what was great about them. Um, but because I really felt like um, with Wanda going back and forth between good and evil, probably ending up uh, um, uh, going totally crazy as happens in the House of M in the comics, um, uh, but that insofar as she's pretending or at least trying to not lose her mind and still help the Avengers, or at least be like Loki where she's sort of in and out occasionally helping them, that the Stark Rogers frenemy bromance thing, which I thought would be irreplaceable and the hardest thing to replace, impossible to replace, and the biggest challenge for phases four, five, and six was how you replace the the whole Rogers um, uh, Stark dynamic. Was that 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 was going to be um, re- re- not replaced, but followed by a frenemy, uh, you know, uh, girl mance, bromance thing between uh, Wanda and Bishop. Um, it won't have the sort of semi-gay, uh, you know, bromance overtones. I don't think uh, as you know the the uh, Tony and, and and Steve gazing into each other's eyes as yeah, Scarlet. Uh, makes fun of him in, in Ultron. Um, but I do think they're going to be besties. Um, or at least I think Kate's really going to like Wanda. And Wanda, like with... Um with Hawkeye and because of the Hawkeye connection that they they now share this is the big thing because they share the Hawkeye connection as the one who brought them into the Avengers world and was the guy that looked up that they looked up to as both a, a, um, a hero but also a father figure they're going to be able to re- relate to it over um, Hawkeye which is the one reason they would kill Hawkeye by the way would be to actually drive that relationship faster so them to find each other Wanda um, and Kate um, but also just because Kate again loves people 
and love to help people and wants to see the best sides of them. But she's also going to look up to Wanda because Wanda's her age, essentially. But she's already been in the Avengers all these years and she's super powerful. And so she's going to have hero worship um, for, for Wanda, but also, you know, want to be besties with her and, and, and bring out the best parts of her. And it's going to be heartbreaking when Kate has to take her out or at least lead the Avengers um, to take her out or at least clean up the mess or whatever they do with the uh, with the House of M. I'm getting so excited here, I can't even talk. Okay, another great episode of Hawkeye. Thank you so much uh, for being with me. Um, and uh, we'll get um, you into uh, episode five as soon as possible. Um, again, it's uh, now Sunday, December 19th. It's only a few more days until the final episode six, which is sad, but because it's bringing back the Defenders and setting up Kate to be in the Avengers long-term, the Defenders and the next Avengers, sorry, Defenders 2.0 and Avengers 2.0. Yet again, Haley Steinfeld relaunching everything. So she's relaunching the Avengers here, 2.0, Avengers, relaunching the Defenders 2.0. It's unbelievable. It's like, uh, you know, it's like the it's like the baseball player, you know, that gets traded around in like whatever team they end up with, like Jim Tomei or something, you know, like you, you just bring in that player to a bad team and all of a sudden turns the team around, you know, uh, to, uh, with just their professionalism and dedication and so forth. Exactly what Haley's doing here. In the sixth episode Hawkeye show on Disney, plus rebooting both the avengers and the defenders unbelievable uh, thank you so much i just love watching renner too uh, i hope i'm giving up enough compliments but if you listen to me do my avengers podcasts um uh in the past you'll see um specifically obviously my ultron podcast and of course the endgame podcast my praise uh for renner but i think most fans if they weren't on board with renner for the most part even the hardcore fanboys who are like oh this isn't the hawkeye from the comics had to love his performance in um in endgame and hopefully are liking it here thank you so much for joining me we will get us into episode five next which is entitled hold on what is it entitled Come on, come on, Disney Plus. Come on, Disney Plus. Ronin. Oh, it's just called Ronin. Okay. Um, episode 5, Ronin, and unknown episode, uh, untitled episode 6. Um, <laughs> we still have Laura Barton. We got Linda Cardellini in all six episodes. That's a huge victory for me on top of just as much as Haley Steinfeld. Got to love it. Lindsay Weir, baby. Freaks and geeks. Thank you so much. You guys have been great. I've been the Bizzle. May the force be with you. But for now, the Bizzle cast and Hawkeye, Kate Fisher, and Clint Barton are out.